So I'm Jackie Jackson. I moved to Reading in 1978 to university and then towards the end of university joined this church, which was a very small one meeting in Southgate Library Hall at the time. I came from Darlington, which is near New, sort of south of Newcastle. Yeah, that's where you came. A long way. I did classical and medieval studies, which is obviously very useful. My dad um, worked, wanted to be a farmer but, and worked in agricultural machinery, actually, and said, oh, go to Reading because it's got a farming course. And my husband was on the agriculture course without a farm. So I got the farmer, but no farm. <laughs> so, stupid reasons. I don't know. Probably people do choose university for very good reasons. We started off in Southcote Library Hall. Then we went to the YMCA, which is in West Reading. Then we went to Prospect School. Okay. And probably all that time we were looking for a building. But and we, we put we tried all sorts of buildings, but this is absolutely definitely the best place for us. Oh. I think Oxford Road is the place where there is huge need and huge potential. I believe you could build community, which is what I want to do. And the church, um, I think we just want to be part of the answer for this area, really, in whatever shape or form that takes for people. When we bought this building in about 2013, I think, um, I got given the responsibility of just developing the community stuff here. So um, working out what we can do to wow. so make you, this so a place for the community. Sort of a blank slate. Was yep. anything, were there um, I, it was going nothing or? was happening at all. There was, I mean, there was church stuff happening, yeah. but nothing, um, nothing sort of community based. When we bought the building, it was um, it had been sold to a developer who would basically begun to rip everything out because it had been a snooker hall um, and then a year later he sold it to us so it was just wires hanging just completely wrecked um, and it took a year to refurbish the first part um, the, the builders who were doing it worked quite hard to um, you know like the, the decoration I keep think we could yeah keep, keep some of it and to make more the same so that it was all restored we employed someone more or less straight away to be an events manager who has who has proactively gone out and marketed the building for hire. Um, from a community point of view, we probably looked at what resources we have within the church people, because apart from a few of us, so we employ a couple of part-time staff in the kitchen cafe now, um, and I'm part-time doing the community, everything else, everyone's voluntary. Quite a lot of it is people in the church actually saying, I really want to do this, we've got an English class on Friday. Yeah. Nikki was an English teacher, she then felt she really wanted to move in to... No, she was a French teacher, so she was a teacher. And then she wanted to teach, teach English. Um, and so just facilitating it, really making it possible. Neville, who's the pastor, said he'd really thought it would be a good idea to have a cafe here. because, And that really fitted with the way I feel about things, because I think it's quite a difficult building to come into with the steps are quite intimidating. The foyer has to be kept clear for fire purposes, and that's quite intimidating. So having somewhere where the lights are on, there are people, there's people chatting, was an, a good base so that everything we did from the community mostly would be based around that. So we started the cafe in, I think, 2014, just one day a week. And then in seven years ago, so how long? Yeah, I lose so, track. Yeah, that's 15, um, yeah, 15, we opened four days a week. And from that, we then developed various other projects that happen around the cafe. So we do children's groups, we do toddler groups. Um, we do obviously Sunday children's groups, but also we do them in the week for fun. We've got youth group. Um, then we do social things. We have a games morning. We have a book club. 
Um, we've got a little help hub on a Thursday, which is just anything anyone needs help with, with really people to come into. That's English fabulous. on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. We've got quite a strong history in the church of helping people in recovery. And obviously the area is an area where there's a lot of people struggling with drug and alcohol addiction. So we welcome groups like AA and CA come in. They're autonomous, they just do their own thing. But also we've got a house um, near here, which is a house for men who've been in rehab or had drug and alcohol problem issues. It's a supported house. And the couple who run that, we've got quite, I've got a lot of expertise with drug and alcohol addiction. So a Jim, the guy from that, runs a recovery group on Friday as well. Some of them live in the house, but people from the community come into that as well. That's, so. that's amazing. And also from Yeldor, which is a rehab just outside Reading for men. As the cafe, we are not, um, we're not a free cafe. We've got leaflets we can give out to anyone who's hungry so they know where they can go. Because Reading is brilliant. There is somebody doing free food every day in Reading, which is great. And some really good quality food. I mean, Providence down the road, they cook up to 300 um, chicken dinners every week. I, I, I help out at a project with what the lady who cooks. It's amazing. They've done it for 20 years. So we are, um, I'm trying to think, well, forget, finish what we do. That's probably... I was going to say, we, did, we got up to English. So we've got English on a Friday, litter picking on a Saturday, the steps on a Saturday, and I really can't remember. No, anymore. I think, are you covered a yeah, lot? Yeah, you yeah, covered yeah. A lot, yeah. So we, and we are, um, we're looking at a couple of new projects at the moment, one possibly for Asian women who have, um, who are needing some support. We've got a volunteer who wants to do that. And also looking at back to work stuff. There's a guy looking at a programme that he'd like to, in so if we can facilitate things, we try to. Um, and also, as saying in the cafe, although we don't feed people free food regularly, someone comes in hungry, we've got a voucher system so people can buy food. And we've also now offering, with taking donations for so we can feed children. We'd like to feed children free all the time, and um, refugees. Yeah. There's Care for Calais, it's a charity who work very closely with refugees, and they often come in with a group, and. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, we, we can't quite, we haven't got capacity really to just say free food to any refugee all the time. So they sort of manage it a little yeah. bit because it's about capacity and funding and stuff. Yeah, no, I and stuff like that, that needs funding. Yes. Yeah. And what was your background before? Mine? Yes, before you um, became involved in the church. Or I've done, part of, oh, hang on a minute. Um, Ian, sorry, Ian, someone's at the door. We're a chatty lot here. <laughs> I I have done various um, community work, really. So I've worked for Berkshire Women's Aid. I've worked for Advisor with teenage parents. I've worked for Pact with families. I've worked for Home Start with families. So just, just yeah. a, mi yeah. a mixture. Yeah. yeah, probably mostly family stuff, I guess. Yeah, and is that you had you had your own family? At yeah. yeah, yeah, and I fostered as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've just always worked part time for charities, which is no good for a pension. <laughs> but never yeah, mind. But so <laughs> I, I guess I've had the privilege of always really enjoying my job. When COVID hit two years ago, it was really quick, wasn't it? And it was sort of somewhere out there, and it got closer and closer. And then one day, I just got an email saying you're closing tomorrow. I think it was, and it was. And we had fought, I mean, because we're working with volunteers all the time, because, you, and volunteers obviously by their nature can't always make it sometimes. And it just had felt like a real battle to keep the cafe open, to keep going, to you know, make it a priority. 
and then suddenly we were closed and it was devastating and I was furloughed for three months which so was probably physically quite good for me everything stopped yeah. and then we began to open up again and we actually during that time Sam my colleague took on some stuff and we became part of the hub that was going out doing shopping for people that sort of thing so we started to do things then we opened up again which was great and then there was the second big lockdown and then I think we just felt like we we're not shutting now so we started giving away the fruit that's when we that's when we met you I think yes and that has had a real impact a really positive one because it's taken us from in to out and so many more people and we were getting people then you know coming saying I've got problems with this I've got problems with that I can't access anyone I can't get in anywhere so I spent hours sitting on the steps with my mobile phone ringing people for people and it was great because it felt like when there was almost no one else who they people could get to they could still get to us so so it really did a world of good we also did think we delivered over lunches to the over 60s right the way through the period which again yeah, it just it just builds people's sense that you're bothered about them, and then people yeah. want to come because, yeah. it, like you say, it's that thing of you know why they're doing it, and we're a church, and so you know there is the fear that we are going to bang them over the head till they become Christians. <laughs> I mean, we love it if people join the church, obviously, but you know there's that, not, that there's that fear. Of... We're not backward in saying why we're here and what we're doing it for, and it is because we believe Jesus is. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. Can you shut? Is anyone out there clearing up the steps? Sean. Oh, it's brilliant. He'll shut the door afterwards. Thanks, Ian. Um, so, yeah, I imagine people are very reluctant. And certainly, when talking to some organisations, I felt a measure of reluctance, a, measure, a fear that we are, you know, going to whack them. I'm glad we've managed as much as we have. I, I feel, sometimes I feel really glad. Sometimes I feel like it's this drop in the ocean. So it's, a, it's both really compared to the need you just have to watch people walk by and you think the need that is out there and the very little tiny because everything we do feels quite little and quite compared to the need but then I guess an ocean's made up of drops in it so it's just that you do the little bit that you can do and then I mean I think I think there's a huge issue with mental health issues particularly people who are probably not, their mental health issues are not high enough to be accessing statutory services. To be honest, the limitation we have here is we need volunteers who, um, that's right, um, we need volunteers who are available to do, or with the passion or the ability to do the things we need to do. And we haven't got that at the moment, but I would say that's one of the, I, you know, I have concerns about the needs of some people, of people coming in, you know, been quite a lot of paranoia people really anxious about things imagining things and and i think lockdown has just made it awful awful now i was listening to something on the radio actually about that they've done a kindness survey haven't they somewhere or some great research thing and actually the things that were listed as pe- people experiencing kindness i was thinking i was thinking well it wasn't even as good as that it was like it really was quite thinking oh my word it was sort of like um Oh, how do you show kindness? Speaking to someone when I don't feel I want to. And I was thinking that's very minimal kindness. <laughs> really? I was thinking, oh, come on, try, try, you know, just try a little bit harder. But yeah, it, is, it isn't good, is it? Kindness is, is something I think is, is really underrated and really important. Yeah. The other thing that bothers me, and when we were trying to do it with the children's lunches, is just, you know, everything is going to cost more. 
life has become more difficult for families. I think I feel in this area a little bit that families are quite overlooked. You know, there's a there's a lot of, especially sort of Russell, there's this end of Russell Street and then Wayland and Zinzan, a lot, sort of a bedsit world. There's quite a lot of drug use in the area. And you, years ago, I, I, we joined with Basana to do a family fun day on Baker Street. And man, the number of families that came out. And I thought, you are just living behind closed doors here. So families have always been something I've wanted to do because you just feel it's not necessarily, if you're living on Wayland or Zinzan, you possibly don't want your kids playing in the street. And I'd love this to be a play area where kids were safe to play in the street. So I think the biggest journey for us is just getting known. It's very difficult you to kind of like plonk yourself somewhere and say, here we are and da-da, we're here. But you've got to build trust. You've got to, um, yeah, you've got to build trust and get yourselves known and build relationship with people. Um, I think something else we've had to learn is what do people actually want? Because you can have an idea of what somebody wants, but they don't necessarily. Um, and I would say we're still very much on a journey with the community because my dream would be that this was a place and I think this is happening to some degree that people know if they need help if they need support if they need company if they have a need they can come here and we will do our best to help them or we will direct them to someone who can you know we had someone in um, last week needing help urgent help with housing well that's beyond us but I know where to send them so it's that sort of thing um, but also for the people who live in this community I can't, it would be the most awful thing for a church to come here and then in X number of years leave and the community not have noticed we were ever here. Yeah. So to actually make a difference, make for people to feel their quality of their life is better because we've been here. This is a Baker Street production. It is part of the LifeSpring Stories audio series available on podcast platforms or at bakerstreetproductions.co.uk. To find out more about our production and the people involved, visit our website or follow us on social media.